Welcome to the Philosophy Podcast, where host and lacrosse expert Jamie Monroe will do what he does best, talk about lacrosse. Each episode will provide listeners with education, insights, stories, and lessons about the lacrosse world. We will discuss current events, coaching, philosophies, and college lacrosse recruiting. Now let's get started with your host, Jamie Monroe. The Philosophy Podcast is brought to you by Oxia Time, a cool watch company focused on university-branded watches. John Canaris is the founder of Oxia Time, and he was the goalie at Penn in the late 80s who led his team to the Final Four. John is actually best known for being the goalie that Gary Gate dunked on in the Air Gate. Oxia Time makes beautiful, Swiss-made, authentic watches whose design and quality match the essence of the universities they represent. I can attest to the quality of these watches. John hooked me up with a sweet Brown University Oxia watch, and I think it's the nicest thing I own. Initially licensed with eight Ivy League schools, Oxia keeps adding new schools each month. One of the coolest things Oxia offers is custom timepieces to commemorate championships or to celebrate storied teams. Check out the UVA Lacrosse Championship watch. It's sick. Princeton did a really nice one last year as well. Oxia even did an LSU football championship watch this year. For any teams interested in creating a custom watch this season, Oxia will upgrade it at no extra cost to a championship watch if your team wins a conference or national championship next year. For players, parents, and coaches interested in custom team watches, check them out at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-Time.com. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Philacrosophy Podcast. I am really excited to welcome Damon Wilson. Damon is a lacrosse goalie coach and runs the laxgoalierat.com site. It's a website dedicated to goalie training. And today's subject is seven things I learned from interviewing every PLL goalie. Damon, thanks for coming on the show. Really fired up to have you on. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. Happy to be here. So you're out in the Bay Area right now, right? I mean, you got any uh, lax goalie coaching going on right now or what? Uh, I am. Yeah, uh, not too much going on. We got like these fires and coronavirus and it's just a crazy time. Uh, So most of my lacrosse goalie coaching has been online, um, helping out kids that way. Awesome. Well, we'll dive more into that. Um, But but I'd love love for you to kick us off the way I usually do with guests is, can you please tell me a little bit about your goalie journey and your coaching and playing journey? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I grew up, uh, I was born in 1980. I grew up as a kid in the 90s in California and in the Bay Area specifically. And, you know, around that time, just lacrosse in that area was not a thing. It was not a thing. So my dad played in the army. So we had a couple sticks in our garage. So we had like, I had thrown around before, but never played organized lacrosse, um, you know, in my youth. So I was all sorts of sports, baseball, um, basketball, soccer. In high school, I was a big wrestler. I played tennis. I played on the soccer team. So sports have always been like a really important part of my life. And I went to college at Berkeley with the idea of like, hey, I'm going to continue to play sports in some way. I had no idea what that was until I ran into a guy in the dorms who ended up um, 15 years later being my best man at my wedding, but r- ran into a guy in the dorms who had a lacrosse stick. And we started, you know, talking lacrosse. Uh, next thing you know, I went out for the team and loved it. 
instantly fell in love. I mean, you know, anybody that's like picked up the stick and, and shares the same passion for lacrosse that, that you and I have knows this feeling of just, just being totally enamored with the, with the sport, with the camaraderie, with the individual stick work and just all elements of the game. Um, and so, you know, I started out as a midi playing um, and started in college playing, um, you know, with buddies and learning the game that way. And just like, you know, like a kid that first discovers the sport, that was me, like, you know, carrying my stick all around campus, playing wall ball, um, just doing anything I could to get better. And then about halfway through my freshman year, our backup goalie got injured. Uh, just like this horrible ACL injury. We'll never forget that scream. Uh, and our coach asked if I wanted to, you know, because I was still relatively new to learning the sport, asked if I wanted to try goalie. And um, I, I gave it a shot. I jumped in cage. And, you know, I wish I could say it was love at first, at first, at first approach, but these dudes were just like slinging it, you know, they're shooting so hard. And you're standing there um, basically with nothing, with a chest pad and like all this exposed. So it was... Um, it was scary at first for me, but uh, I eventually fell in love with the position. And keep in mind, so this is, this is like 1999, like 2000. I ended up graduating in 2003, like before YouTube, before like blogs, before podcasts were all Instagram. All that stuff was really popular. So there really wasn't much um, in the way of goalie coaching. And so I just went on this journey to figure out like, you know, how do I learn this position, right? Who, who are the people that can teach me? Uh, and that sort of led to, uh, years later, me coming out with laxgoalyrat.com, which is just all this knowledge that I had accumulated from this very interesting position of start of picking up the sport, like as basically a, a, a man, like an 18 year old man, you know? Um, so uh, all that is kind of my story of how I got into lacrosse, how I got into goalie, how I got into uh, coaching. I've really been coaching and and working with kids uh, in that context uh, ever since. How do you think it was an advantage for you to start late and to not be told what to do from the very beginning and to use your platform of having been an athlete and having played a lot of sports as you began to study the goalie position? Yeah, I think that, um, well, one, starting so late, like it really um, – help me coach kids and identify with kids who are going through like the same mental things that I went through not so long ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you ask some of these PLL goalies, like, were you afraid of the ball? Like they started playing when they were six or when they were seven. Right. So like some of those feelings are so far detached that yeah. like they, they don't know what this kid is going through. Um, and so I think that helped me in that way. And in another way, in many ways, like since I didn't have much coaching, I relied on instincts and I relied on things that I had learned in other sports. And I still coach that today, like taking little elements, like, you know, for a low save, like that's very, the movement is very similar to like a single leg uh, takedown, like a single leg shot in wrestling, which I was so familiar with. Like the, um, there's just other elements that I would bring into my lacrosse game that were just instincts. And so I think it helped me in that way. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So, you have done a podcast for how many years and how many goalies have you interviewed overall? Yeah. So the podcast was, you know, I had always wanted to um, talk to professionals 
and pick their brain. Uh, but because of, you know, playing club ball and not having many connections, it, it was, it was tough. And so like, all right, I'll just start a podcast. And it was much easier to ask them, Hey, do you want to be on my podcast as opposed to, um, trying to get them to just chat with me on the phone. I started the podcast um, two years ago. We're now up to episode, I think I just released episode 70 uh, last week. Wow. So I've talked to, to 70 goalies and it's awesome. It's so much fun. You know, you run a podcast talking about lacrosse and especially yeah. when you get like two goalies on a podcast, just talking shop. Uh, it's, you know, the best hour of the day I can spend. And so I started reaching out to, um, you know, all these pros and uh, I ended up, the podcast was something I'd wanted to do for a while, I had trouble getting a hold of people. And then, you know, one fateful day, um, you know, Ryan LaPlante, he, used, he played at Denver, um, yeah. played in the MLL. He emailed me and asked for some um, video, that, uh, like some footage. And I pitched him the podcast and he was into it. And so from there, like he introduced me to some other guys. I ended up having Dylan Ward on the show probably like, you know, one of the best goalies in the world right now. Number three, third episode, got to talk to one of the greatest goalies in the world. So the power of the podcast, right? Yeah. So cool. Um, okay. So, so the top, the topic and title today, seven things I learned from interviewing every PLL goalie. Uh, I can't wait to hear about it. Why don't you, uh, why don't you get a, get us going with, uh, the first thing? Yeah, absolutely. So first thing is called the give me the ball mindset. Give me the ball mindset. Okay. So think of this scenario, like for many youth goalies, like let's say you go into the overtime of a championship game, overtime of the championship game. Like what's that goalie thinking? If you're like me, when you're first starting, like that goalie is thinking, I hope we win the face off, right? Yeah. I hope we win the face off, go down and score. Right. And that's the mindset that most goalies have. But what I learned from uh, Jacob Stober, He's a backup on, on the Whip Snakes uh, this year. So his dad was an NFL kicker, right? And he taught him this mental philosophy of like, give me the ball, which is a complete mindset change, right? Instead of, instead of saying, wow, I hope that our team wins the faceoff and like we score and I don't even have to face any shots. Your mindset is like, give me the ball. Give me an opportunity to shine. Like I want the ball and I will make a play. And it is a complete mindset shift. But once you do that, like it is so powerful and it's come out in other um, podcasts along the way, right? Like with different pros, but, but uh, Jake Stober was the one that initially introduced me to it. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. What it is exactly. You can totally see these guys having the mentality of like, I'm going to make saves. I want to, I want to take shots. This is what I want. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and once you have that, like that mental switch, it's just your game becomes so much better because, you know, part of being a goalie is just so much, so much of it is mental. And when we talk, if we do an hour podcast, we probably talk like 50% of the time of just about like mental tricks and how they think about um, the position and when they get scored on, like what goes through their mind and like all of these different mental toughness exercises that they're going through because so much of we're just standing there after we get scored on, um, you know, thinking, right. And, and, you know, if you watch the PLL this year, everyone tries to chirp and get inside the goalie's head because yeah. it is such a, um, you know, it's such a mental battle. And so little exercises like this of just this mindset shift of like, you know what, like I want to be on defense. I want to be that guy. I want to make that 
game winning save and start the fast break for my team just make you su such a better goalie. Yeah, love it. All right, we yeah. got all right. That's that's number one. This one comes up all the time, all the time. Um, so I don't have one particular goalie to credit, but you know, when you talk about you know what when you talk about like goalie secrets, it's one possession at a time one possession at a time. And some other goalies have called this, you know, you got to have a short-term memory, got to have a goldfish memory. You got to have next, that next shot mentality. Some people describe it as being fully present, like not thinking about the past nor the future, but really it all boils down to one possession at a time. I mean, you know, Jamie, lacrosse is such a fast moving sport that as goalies, like you get scored on and then you know, 10 seconds later, like you're facing another like scoring threat. Yeah. And really like after you give up a goal, um, you need to like that, 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 like thinking about the past cannot affect your current play. So you've got to remain like 100% present and just totally get these ideas of like, oh man, I should have had that one out of your head. Because if you're thinking about something that happened in the past, like you're not focused, you're not present on what's going on. Or if you're thinking about something in the future, right? Like, oh, what, what happens if I give up this goal? Like, you know, I, I might not get, you know, this, this, there's a bunch of college coaches in the crowd and I, I might not get the looks that I want, right? Um, you're just, you're not present. And so that is such a common theme. It's almost a cliche that like goalies need a short-term memory, but literally, you know, almost every single PLL goalie uh, that I've spoken with on the podcast mentions that in one way or another in terms of like the six having um, contributing to their success. Yeah. And if your mind starts thinking about something else and then you catch yourself, it was like me in the SATs, like thinking about and being like, come on, Jamie, concentrate. Because I knew that I was like daydreaming about something else. And, but then all of a sudden if a shot's coming your, your way at that moment in time, it's going to be awfully hard to make a save. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's, it's different than like, you know, like wrestling or a sport where like you're even, even playing a different position in, in lacrosse, like where you're constantly on the move. Like it just doesn't give your mind as much opportunities to day to daydream like yeah. that. Like basketball, you get scored on, like, what do you do? Like you run back and, and you're instantly on offense and like, you're constantly in this flow. Mm -hmm. Whereas goalie, when you get scored on, like you're just standing there with your thoughts listening to the people chirp on the sidelines and like there's a lot of opportunity to go adrift in your head and i mean that's why mental toughness is such an important aspect um of what we do yeah and how do most of these goalies attack that um practice it's something that they practice you know like they all have they all have post goal routines and they practice them right uh you know like a lot of times a lot of times when goalies, especially youth goalies, give up goals, like you go into um, autopilot, right? You know, the palms come up automatically, your body language starts slumping. And, you know, what these goalies do is practice. Like you, you li literally practice giving up a goal and practice, like, what's my response going to be? And then there's just so much more that goes into like mental toughness as well. Like, like you said in your example of the SATs, like one of the things that they do is like they work their butts off. They work their butts off. Like they study hard, right? So when they walk into that game or that SAT, like they know that they've put in the work 
And so they can come in there and approach it in a confident manner and know that like, oh, like if I give up a goal in this particular shot, like guy made the shot of his life. Great. I'm going to, I'm going to like analyze that play for like half a second to understand like, is there something we could do as a team or I could do as an individual to get better? And then you know what? Flush it. Let's move on. Let's stay present. Right. Yeah. And how much do you think these goalies are able to practice this um, through real context of, of situation does it need to be a game situation to practice it or does practice situation or does pick up game situation does it all add up because I feel like on the on the side of developing as a player I, I, I believe in this concept called free play poise where when you play enough you just play and you yeah. get lost in the game anyways and then you don't really worry about stuff you don't think about what I shouldn't do or should do and you just kind of play and does that, does that apply for goalies as well, do you think? I think it absolutely does. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, you know, you practice, you play how you practice, you practice how you play. So as long as you're, as long as you are like approaching those pickup games or those practices with that, that same level of enthusiasm and that same commitment to getting better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's something like that you consciously have to work on in terms of, you know, the mental toughness and like, and this, this, this short-term memory. Um, but I think that with enough experience, absolutely. Like it's something that just starts to flow and then you give up a goal and like, you know, you're not, it's not like the end of the world. You're not slamming your stick. You're not dropping your shoulders. You're not incredibly pissed off. You're not thinking about that last goal when guess what? Here comes the opposing team on a fast break again. So you're able to just stay completely present um, as well. Love it. All right. Yeah. All right, number three is very specific. It's a physical hack that I learned from, uh, from Dan Morris, and I talked to him back when he was on the Whip Snakes. So Dan had this awesome, awesome, like, physical hack. So if, when he was playing, if he's having a great first half, right, at halftime, helmet stays on. I'm locked in. Like, I'm locked in. Like, I'm having a great game. Like, I'm not going to take that helmet off. If he's having a bad game, takes the helmet off, and like that is his method of resetting and like being able to then go out into that second half and like continuing to play better. And I love that. It's just kind of like a physical thing to, be, to remind yourself like, one, I'm either like fully locked in and I'm going to stay that way, or two, you know what? I'm not. Cool. Here's a chance to reset. Helmet comes off. And when I go back out there for the second half of action, I'm, I'm a new goalie. Love it. Love that. What other? Yeah, uh, I love that. Um, what other sort of physical hacks like that have you heard from other guys? You know, a lot of guys have a um, somewhat of like a a reset routine. So let's say like you give up a bad goal, right? It starts with the breath, right? So a, a lot of goalies, especially youth goalies, like don't understand like how much like your breath can affect what we're doing, and a lot of the pros do. A lot of the pros do. I, I haven't, I didn't even put this on the list, but many of the guys like do yoga. And like, that's the reason it's like to become like more connected to the breath. Um, and then they do some sort of physical action. It's like, could be whatever you want. It could be like tapping the pipes. It could be, you know, like give it, giving yourself a, a cross check to the face mask. Uh, us goalies are, are pretty crazy, you know, but just some sort of 
physical thing combined with that breath that says like, cool, like I'm reset. Let's get back into it. So I've, I've seen that, um, from guys. Yeah. Cool. Yep. All right. Number four. All right. All right. Number four is also sort of a mindset type of thing, but a lot of the pros, um, they have this mindset of like when they're training, they're like number two, they're not a good goalie when they're training. Like, you know, they've got to constantly push themselves to get better. And then like when they step into the game, they have this ability to flip the switch and be like, you know what? I'm the greatest goalie in the world. <laughs> right. Cause it's, it's like so much of what we do as lacrosse goalies is, is, is confidence is related to your confidence. Like you've probably seen, you've probably seen the example where a kid's like not playing well, a goalie in particular is not playing well. And then all of a sudden, like he gets a little bit of confidence and just like it's exponential growth because for goalies confidence, like, is this, um, is this, uh, what's the word? Like a self self-fulfilling, uh, circle where like, if, if I am confident in my ability, like I play better. Right. And if I play better, then I become more confident in my abilities. Right. And the opposite is also true. Like if I'm not confident in my abilities, I play worse. Right. And if I play bad, then guess what? Then I'm not confident in my abilities. So the, the, the mindset that I learned uh, from interviewing these PLL goalies is that like when it comes time to practice outside of the, of the games, you've got to have this hunger and this desire right? Like you are the number two goalie and you are fighting for your starting job and you've, and you've got to get better. But then as soon as you, like that, that game whistle blows or, or you're doing your pregame warmups, like the flip, the, the switch flips and you are the best goalie there is. And it, it, it's kind of hard to explain, but, and, and, and even harder to implement. Um, but that's why these guys are, are the top, you know, the top goalies in our sport. How's it going, everybody? Jamie here. Thanks for listening. If you've been enjoying the content in my Philacrosophy podcast, my Inside the Eight podcasts, or my A Lacrosse Weekend blogs, I would encourage you to check out the store at jamefreesports.com. I've created awesome content for coaches, players, and parents in both men's and women's lacrosse. For coaches, the coaches training program. It's, it's a combination of cutting edge and practical. We have Division I men's and women's coaches all the way down to high school, JV, and youth. For players, I've created JM3 Player Academies, which are designed to teach every variation of every skill for boys and girls across. And for parents, I've created JM3 Recruiting Portal, where I've taken all of the content from my blogs, my podcasts, from webinars, and other interviews, and pooled all of this information in one place where parents can get access to incredible content and insights from the very coaches that you're hoping to play for. You're right. It's just so much mental and so much mindset. And, um, and I think the ability to hang in there because, you know, you can feel bad about yourself if you're giving up goals, but oftentimes there might be nothing you could do. And you're just looking for that one, you know, opportunity to make a save that, 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 you know, you can just jump all over it. And then, you know, then you can start to build. And, and then by the way, there's a, there's a, the, the switch flips sometimes for the shooters after a while too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, this, that's a topic that we hit on quite a bit with my podcast when I interview goalies is, um, you know, is, is the fact that like in this sport, 
like you're going to get scored on. You're going to get scored. I mean, especially like at the, at the, at the top levels when these guys can just sting corners, you know, 95 miles an hour from a, from a standstill. Um, but sometimes all it takes is just that one save, right? All it takes is that one save. And like, you've done your part to help the team win the game. And, and if you like, if you've given up 16 goals, you know, you can easily win 17 to 16. Right. And it's just that last save that you make can make you, uh, the hero for that game, even though you might not be playing well. So we talk about that quite a bit uh, on the show. Helmet on, helmet off. Yes, Put right. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Um, all right. All right. Number five. Number five. Uh, the weight room matters. Weight room matters. So, you know, a lot of times you think that like, oh, it's, you know, you're just, you're just a goalie. Uh, like, what do, you, what do you need to really like focus on the weight room? Uh, and this is something that um, John Kincannon, the Atlas goalie, talked about uh, quite a bit on our show together is that like he was never really like a weightlifting guy in high school. And then he got to Hofstra, put on like 30, 35 pounds of muscle and just saw like the impact that that had on his game, not only in like building quickness, cause like we do need that explosiveness to be able to like, to be the fastest guy inside that six by six cage. But just like you imagine putting on 35 pounds of muscle, like what that does to your confidence what that does to your mental game. Like you go from this, this stick kid, you know, who, who can make saves to like now, like you're a pretty well-built guy and, and you take a look at him and he's like six, four, you know, very well built, just making all these acrobatic saves. So weight room absolutely matters. A lot of goalies don't think it, don't think it does. Um, but you know, if you're listening to this and, and you want to be an elite goalie, uh, just in terms of like physicalness and also like, being able to increase the mental side of things, like hit the weight room. Yeah. Well, you got to be an athlete, right? I mean, you know, the bottom line is to be a great athlete, you got to get in the weight room anyway. Yeah. 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 We talk about that. We talk about that quite a bit. Like, you know, that how goalies need to be the best athletes on the team, like the best stick handlers. Cause so much of actually what we do is just like catching, catching uh, a pass, but just, you know, amplified, <laughs> amplified like 10 times. Um, so yeah, you often find goalies, these elite goalies are just, you know, when you get a short stick in their hand, like, I mean, they're just as good at cradling and wall ball and all that good stuff. So yeah. Like totally blaze. Like blaze. I mean, he plays forward. He plays forward in the PLL, you know, which is crazy. NLL. Starting uh, NLL is what I meant. Yeah. NLL. I meant, yeah. I mean, um, that guy, unbelievable. That's world-class, you know, there, honestly, exactly. not very many American field players that have ever been starters for, for NLL teams at forward. Think yeah. about, I mean, there are, there's, there's a handful, there's probably a couple dozen, but we're talking about yeah. something. I mean, it's, it's amazing that he's a goalie and at this oh, level, totally. very few. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really interesting stuff. Got to be an athlete, get in the weight room. Um, okay. Number six. All right. Number six. So one of the questions that I love is, you know, tell me about a time that, you know, you went through a slump and like, how'd you get out of that? And, you know, out of, out of the 70 goalies that I have uh, interviewed, not one of them has like drawn a blank on that question. Like everyone goes through a slump. So number six is like, everyone's going to have a slump. Everyone's going to have a bad game. Right. And I talked about different, you know, with these PLL goalies, I talk about, oh, cool. Like, how do you, 
how do you get, how do you get through that? Like, you know, let's say you have a bad string of games or you have a bad half, like how do you get through that slump? And a lot of guys have given me different um, ways to do it. You know, Adam Gittleman, get back to the basics. Like, you know, the basics being like, am, am I in my right stance? Am I, am I on the right place in my arc? Is my save technique, you know, what I've learned? So much of what we teach, what I teach these like youth goalies, you know, like in terms of like, here are the basics. It's amazing when these PLL goalies like go through a slump and they all have how like they need to just get back to those basics. Uh, the things that they learned, you know, when they were just starting to get some knowledge in the position. Um, a couple guys talked about like um, journaling. So I don't know. Do you, do you journal, Jamie? Do you write? Um, you know, I had a podcast with um, Joe Albarisi and we both decided we were going to journal and um, I lasted about two weeks with that. So I wish I could say I did, but darn it. I, I, I think Joe probably does because he's way more, you know, reliable on things like that than I am. Yeah. Well, I encourage all goalies to do, I mean, I encourage everyone to do it. Um, but when you journal and you, you like, you're right. Let's say you're going through a hot streak, you know, you're like blaze and you're putting up 25 saves a game. Like when you write down like the thoughts and like what you're feeling and like the, um, what, what you're doing pregame and how you're training, it's amazing. Cause then when you go through a slump, a month later, you can go back and kind of like review those notes and understand like, oh, like where was my head at? What kind of training was I doing? What was I doing pregame? What was I, you know, what was I eating? Just what was I, you know, what was I thinking? Um, so I know uh, we've talked, I've talked with a couple of PLL goalies about uh, their journaling habits and highly recommend it. How many of them, how many of the goalies that you work with do journal? Uh, the, the kids that I work with, I make them do it. I make them do it. Uh, it's required. I talked to two um, goalies. Um, and the latest I talked with uh, was Alex Reddy, who played at Denver, who was, was kind of like a backup uh, for the PLL in, that, in the little bubble. Uh, but we talked pretty extensively about, uh, about his journaling habits. And like, he, he's pretty intense with it. He's got one that's like his own personal life and one that's um, you know, just specifically for lacrosse. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. All right, numbers. Yeah. And then um, let me add one more. Yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me add one more on that one. Yeah. So the other thing too that like some of these guys have talked about is just trying something new. So when you talk about, when you talk about, um, well, actually let me save that one because that is the next, <laughs> that is the next one. But like they try something new. So like, let's say like, you know, you're having a slump and you're holding your hands like at chin level with, with your setup in your lacrosse goalie stance. What happens if I go eye level? Let me just try that out, right? Let me see how that feels. Let me see how that, how that works for me. Um, and so trying something new can be a great way to get you out of a slump because one, it could reinforce that like, hey, you know what? Actually, chin level is the right spot for me. I feel way more comfortable there. Or it could be like, you know what, this is actually much better for me. Um, and that's kind of a, a segue into the, into the next thing that, I, that I've learned and that all of the PLL goalies reinforce is that there's no one way, there's no one correct way to play goalie. No one correct way. I mean, there's fundamentals, like don't get me wrong. Like there's fundamentals and like non-negotiables that you need to um, respect, like being in an athletic position. But, you know, you see Adam Gittleman, 
five nine, five five ten. Kyle Burnlore, five ten. And the way that they play is like very different than Matt DeLuca, six foot six. You know, than 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 John Kincannon, six foot four. Like these bigger body guys. And so you know, a lot of times, like when I'm chatting with folks on Instagram or you know just in, in the lacrosse goalie community there's a lot of people that's like you know that no this is the way like this is the how you have to do it this is how you have to set up and i totally disagree with that and it's kind of something that a lot of the pl goalies um have backed me up in saying is that like hey like the way that gittleman plays is not going to work for blaze and the way that burnlore plays is not going to work for matt deluca right so just tons of different variations in the way to play um, but these guys make it work for them. Yeah, and that I agree with that completely too. Um, the fundamental is not the technique description. The fundamental is an athletic ready position. Yeah, right. Athletic ready position. Yeah. If you watch, if you watch Matt DeLuca in the in the Water Dogs last game, like he sets up with his legs like really wide and kind of squatted down like in a, in a deep stance. And guess what? He can do that. Cause he's six foot six. Like if I got into that stance, I'm, I'm a smaller goalie, like Adam Gittleman style. If I got into that stance, like the entire top of the goal would be completely exposed. And like, that's just not me. So that, that type of setup doesn't work for me, but he feels really athletic or he is really athletic in that stance. And so it, it works for him. So interesting. There are so many fundamentals, quote, fundamentals, like that they're, you're told you have to do, like step to the ball. But if you watch like Tim Troutner, he, he doesn't really step to the ball very often. In fact, he collapses one knee and just and either, either kind of knocks his knees together sometimes or collapses one as he moves his hands to the ball. He almost never moves his feet. And you know, you look at Blaze, and he stands up kind of straight um, pre-shot and then kind of like will cut down angle and almost jump out a little bit and then get into his ready position actually a little bit later. Um, he's almost mm -hmm. in a re more real – more um, – more, uh, what's a better – what's a word for it? I'll edit this out. Um, I feel like Blaze, when he – when he's actually about to receive the shot, he's in a, a more normal ready position rather than his sort of stand up straight against the pipe and reading the play type of situation. Yeah. Well, he's really um, relaxed, like more like he's really relaxed. And you can see that like when, when even, you know, when the ball's being worked around, it kind of looks like he's not ready. Like it's almost like bordering borderline right. on like not being ready but as soon as that shot comes in then boom like you know it is that quick athletic movement and he is ready absolutely um but just you know that level of like he's 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 up he's up more straight still a little bit of bend in the knee like you got to have that to be in an athletic position um but not as much as you see you know other guys do yeah and then the idea of the idea of you know flat arc versus big arc i mean i I've spoken to Dylan Ward a lot of times um, and I've talked about him even more. I marvel at the way he plays and I think it is so smart that he cuts down angle when he does and the way he does. But, and everyone knows he's one of the best goalies in the world, but I feel like if there was like a high school kid who was all of a sudden making a save with his feet on the crease line on a time and room shot, 
you might get crossed off a list because there are people that think the fundamental is stay back in your net. When he knows as a box goalie, there's a fundamental of angles. Oh yeah. No, I, I, when I spoke with Dylan, I asked him about like, you know, to you, what's the difference of box goalie versus field? And he said, you know what? Like for me, it's really just like where I set up with my top hand, like, you know, top field goalies have it up by their chin box goalies have it down the stick down in between their legs. And other than that, like to him, everything was the same in terms of the angles and like, you know, how you play, uh, you know, how you play the position. Um, and that's pretty amazing because a lot of like, even at the pro level, other goalies like don't play that way. I mean, like you know, your arc is another element where you can say like, I don't think there's one right way to play. And you know, the, the arc that works for Dylan Ward in terms of coming out, you know, might not work for like, uh, you know, Tim Trattner stays, stays back a little bit. Um, so it's just something to play with. I, to me, like when I coach goalies, uh, when the shot is eminent, like, you know, they're going to shoot, right? Like he's winding up time and room. I do like to come out a little bit and cut down that angle. Um, but you know, if they're moving it around or there's like a dodge around the, around the, um, you know, going from top center to like top left down the alley. Sometimes, especially youth goalies can get lost on yeah. like trying to follow them. And they think that they are splitting the cage from the shooter's perspective when really like they're giving up so much uh, of the far side of the goal without noticing it. So in that case, maybe, you know, I teach them both. And I always say to goalies, like do what, what works best for you. Yeah. You watch blaze. He'll, he'll jump right out on, on shooters. So you see that one time in the, in the PL championship, he, he came all the way out like, and almost like tried to match sticks at the crease with a one-on-one -on -one in the net. I mean, he has a feel for it. That yeah. incredible save he had on like a backhand come around in the PLL championship and he was way out in match sticks. He was able to do that. And yeah, it's not a right or wrong, but, but I look at in, when I think about, you know, great players of any position, I like to use the word fluency because I feel like they just know the game. They can read it. They can, they can communicate with it. They can, they can non-verbally communicate. They, which would be like for a goalie, it'd be like baiting. They can verbally communicate with their defense or, or yeah. talk smack, whatever it is. Um, they're just, they're so fluent with the game. They're engaged with it, but they, they know what's going to happen. Um, and to yeah. me, that's the missing piece for most goalies. And it's what the, that's what, the way I would describe the great ones you know, these PLL goalies is that they actually have a fluency in the game. They really do know what the options of the shooter are going to be. And they're able to like read that in a split second and, and make, make, make decisions on what they're going to do with their positioning, whether they're coming out or not, whether they're going to, whether they're going to drop, you know, one of the biggest misnomers to me is that people say always wait for the ball to be in the air and never guess. I mean, that's just never going to work against some of these situations. You have to right. read your, read the game. And um, I'm really interested in your thoughts on that. Yeah. I remember speaking with Blaze on our podcast and he was talking about, you know, unlike ice hockey goalies where like the shot always comes from the ice, right? It's always coming from that, you know, on the ice to the goal. Lacrosse shots can come in like all different directions. So there's almost like an, an infinite number of possibilities of shots that we could that we can see. He said that like no two shots are alike, right? But because he's played so much lacrosse and had so much experience in the goal, 
he now can like, he's seen that shot before. So like if someone, you know, fakes one way and rolls back and shoots a shot right off the guy's hip, like he's seen that shot before, right? If someone fakes this way and comes across, like he's seen that shot before. Um, and so, you know, just, just that experience, I think contributes to what, to what you're saying of like, like just having lacrosse IQ, having a high lacrosse IQ and understanding the game. Right. You've seen that shot before and you've also seen, to me, it's not just what you might see, but it's like what you know you're not going to see. Right. So, yeah. Uh, or, or, or like anticipating a play as well. You're like, oh, I've seen this play before, you know, and like they're going to, you know, even so even before they, they swing it, like you've already kind of got that in your mind. And then when they, when they do, like you're set up on the right place in the arc or uh, you're, you've, you've met that that guy, that attackman that catches it on the crease and you're right in his face. So he's got no options, but yeah, just understanding the sport of lacrosse, like allows you to anticipate that uh, before it happens. Yeah. The yeah. box goalies seem to be the best at that. Um, I've used to run all these camps up in Canada and we used to hire box goalies and um, it was just amazing to me how quickly they immediately knew what you were going to do and they would take it away. You might score on them one time with it, but you would not score on yeah. them. Uh, yeah. And I'm not talking about live play because I wasn't like playing live. I was just shooting around. Um, I do think there's a difference between live play and shooting around too. I mean, everybody reacts a lot more in a game to anything than they, because sure. they panic and freak out no matter what you say. But, yeah. but I do think there's an element of reading shooters. So what, what did you learn from Dylan Ward on that? Cause that, that, that part of the game, truly fascinates me yeah well you know the 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 thing is for a lacrosse shot like when you're inside eight yards and like how fast these dudes are shooting it these days i mean you've got you can't just sit back and react you got no chance like the the the, the human body cannot react that fast i think i saw an espn special where it said like in order to you know, in order to make that save, you need to like physically react faster than like the human body is capable of. Right. And so when they get inside of that, you've got to use a technique that called read them and beat them, uh, which I learned from the goalie Smith guys that that specific phrase. And it basically means like you're just reading the shooter's body language and beating them to that spot. Right. So if his shoulders are tucked down, right. If his stick is coming from a, like a top to bottom angle like you're just reading all of the elements that you have available and then beating them to that spot and are you going to be wrong yeah of course like you you know tim troutner on the podcast talked about like if, when he got to the pll like these pros would just fake him out of his shoes a couple times you know because he was trying to read him and beat him but you know what like you got you've got to um what was the example he gave like if it's a multiple choice multiple choice test you might as well put an answer down Right. <laughs> and, and Hey, yeah, maybe you'll get lucky. So I think that, um, Dylan, I, I don't think I spoke about this specific topic. Um, exactly. But I think what he would say is one, like be in a good position, being in a good position, like take, we will we'll allow you to take up, a, um, a lot of the cage and minimize the amount of movement you need to do. And then two, just read the shooter's body language, uh, when they're about ready to release it and beat them to that spot. I mean, my opinion as a shooter is I think goalies are reading your body language on every shot, whether they know it or not, they're reading your body language and that's what deceptive shooting is. Yeah. Therefore it's more about trying to be cognizant of, of, of that 
as a shooter and kind of know whether somebody can give you body language that you might, that might be disinformation or if they're just, or if they're just kind of shooting that way or, and that's why it came down to the scenarios of the game, because when you're rushed, you can't, you don't have as many options. If you're rushed, yeah. it's harder to pull it, for example. So yeah. if you love to be able to like hold a goalie up and, and, and they can think you're going far side high, but you're going to yank it near side low. If you're rushed at all, you can't hold them up and the goalie will just catch that shot. Whereas if you have the time to crow hop and hold them up, you can, you can really yank that. So knowing if they're rushed kind of takes away some options. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's about reading the situation yes. um, as well. You know, like let's say, let's say you got an attackman driving from X and he's coming around and like the defenders, uh, the defender's stick is like on top of his hands. Right. And then he drops the stick. Like as a goalie, like I know he's going to shoot low. Yeah. And guess what? Like if that dude can shoot a low to high shot with a defender's, with the defender's stick on his hands and beat me low to high, then he deserves that goal. Great goal. Like good on you. But you know, 95% of the time, like in that situation with the information that I have, I know that shot's coming in low and you see it with, um, with the PLL guys too. And so they'll like get down in their stance, maybe even drop their stick and get ready for that low shot because otherwise like there's just no chance. I've been meaning to ask always about this particular shot. I've been seeing a lot in the last year or two, like Jules Hennenberg's great at it, but these attackmen coming around, the goalies are obviously taught to stay on the pipe, make them shoot far side. But are you really going to tell somebody not to move? And the answer is no, you're going to like try to react to something. You're not just going to not move. Right. But are yeah. you sitting on the pipe or, and not moving, or are you moving and maybe giving up the pipe? And the shot that I see a lot is sort of a sidearm, three-quarters to sidearm swing as someone's coming around with not a lot of angle that pulls a guy off the pipe, and they're actually shooting it right at where the stick is. Um, and I was curious about your thoughts on that and how you might read that and, 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 and what a tough situation that is. Because it seems like there's nothing there, and there really isn't, but then they move right out of the way. It is. It's such a, it's such a tough, such a tough save. I, I typically coach it to, to stay on the pipe uh, and make them beat you far side. Not many goalies, PL goalies do this. I think you're going to start seeing this trend in like four years. Are you, you heard it here first on this podcast, but like right-handed goalies, like if you're against the right pipe, like most goalies keep the stick like in their right hand. I think what you're going to start seeing is goalies like when there, when there's a play at X, right? Like around the goal. I think what you're going to start seeing is goalies switch that over to like protect that, that uh, offside of the cage. Right. Because when, when you've got your body there, especially these guys that have some size, like there's no need to have that, to have that stick there. Uh, you've got that covered. And so why not put that in your left hand or put that in your opposite hand and be able to then like catch that, that shot. I don't know. That, that, that's, a, that's a theory I've got going. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. But, but to the point, like a little lefty, um, the year before I coached him with the Atlanta blaze, he, uh, he played a little, a little lefty and, uh, yeah. Hunts, Hunts told me to tell him that if he keeps playing lefty, it'll be his last game. So he stopped playing lefty. <laughs> well, you think about like baseball, like baseball, if you're a right-handed, uh, thrower, like you, wear your glove on your left hand like you catch with your left hand. So it's not, it's not all that different, uh, but we'll see. But to, to your point, like it is a very tough save to make. Uh, I do typically encourage goalies to stay on that pipe uh, and don't get beat short side, make them beat you totally. 
uh, to the far side and then and then come out and attack it as soon as the as soon as the uh, as the shots released yeah i mean fundamentally you don't give up inside pipe shots it's it's easily easily said and coached and stated and all that it's just not so easy to to just not move on someone's shot and totally. letting pipe because they actually have to be able to score it if you don't move that's the problem especially the righty come around with the righty goalie totally yeah. yeah all right number seven number seven is these guys are eager to help you know if i had a uh podcast about being a quarterback there's no way I'm getting Tom Brady on my podcast, right? I mean, you know, if I had a if I had a, a podcast about baseball, like there's no way I'm getting these top guys. And yet here I am talking to the Dylan Wards of the world. Here I am talking to the John Kincannons, Adam Gittleman's, you know, all of like the best, the most elite players uh, are so generous with their time. And it's amazing. And I think that's what makes lacrosse like such uh, in, in such an interesting place right now where like, at the end of these podcasts, like, yeah, hey, if you guys got any questions, like, my Instagram is this, like, hit me up. I, I reply to people all the time, right? So you get access to, like, the, the, the literally the top 12 goalies in, in the world, <laughs> um, which is just unheard of. And just these guys are just so generous with their time, um, so willing to help out and grow the game and, and just help the sport that they love. And, you know, I thank them from the bottom of my heart for doing that. And it's, it's just awesome. Yeah, so cool. Um, it is the uh, it's the beauty of our sport, you know. When it uh, when it gets a little more big time, maybe you won't have that same access. But right now, um, yeah, you know, it's it's incredible. You're right; they're interested in talking about it. They're interested in sharing, learning, coaching, right. teaching. So very cool. Right. Yeah. All right. So um, tell us where we can learn more about your online. Uh, your website, your platform, your remote coaching, um, your in-person coaching, all the stuff that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first place to go is laxgoldyrat.com. Uh, you can get on the email list. I've got a couple like uh, a goal, lacrosse goalie toolkit uh, that I'll send you if you sign up for the email list. Uh, that's first and foremost. I've published probably about 200 blog posts, so you can check those out. Uh, the podcast is there as, as well, laxgoldyrat dot com slash podcast um so that is all of the free stuff and then i also run a paid membership uh which has a bunch of probably like 200 training videos that i've put together um i did a you know similar to how you do your lacrosse goalie summit jamie i did one just specifically with goalies and so you can get access to all these elite goalies giving giving all these amazing trainings that's called the lax goalie rat academy uh, so if you search that, you'll find that. And yeah, Lax Goalie Rat on Instagram, on Twitter. Hit me up. If you ever have any questions, if you want to run something by me, uh, if you want to be on the podcast, talking to you, Scotty Rogers. I still need to interview Scotty. Uh, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, laxgoalierat.com is the place to go. Awesome. Hey, Damon, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was an uh, absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, you're doing great stuff and your perspective is amazing. You've, you've learned so much from so many great people and I, I love the way you've been able to articulate it. I appreciate that, Jamie. It's, it's, it's a pleasure. I, I love everything you do for the lacrosse goalie community. Uh, not goalie community, but just lacrosse community as well. So I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Have a good one. All right.